Joining us now, he covers the NFL for USA Today. He's been on the show before, but it's been a while. It is Jared Bailey. Jared, thanks so much for uh, hopping on today. Hey, guys. How you doing? Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, let's uh, do it. Fantastic. Let's start here because uh, you – wait a minute. i got to ask. Where are you right now? That sounds really windy. I actually just took my dog out, and I totally didn't realize what time it was. I'm walking in a building right now. Oh, no, no, no. That's okay. What's your dog's name? His name is Loki, and he's a wiener dog beagle hybrid. Oh, oh my God. Those are like two of my favorite dogs. All right, follow-up question. <laughs> is this the sort of dog that wants to go for walks or the one that, after a couple feet, stops and makes you work for it? No, my dog is the most energetic like energetic creature alive and as soon as like he hears the word outside he he freaks out so he's very much in the camp of okay we're going for a walk let's do this nice all right well please apologize to your dog for the quick pause in (laughs) no worries all uh, all activity um i'm curious your thoughts on harbaugh taking over the chargers job i thought it was a slam dunk i remember he immediately turned around admittedly a 49ers team that had more talent on it than what this current chargers one has but to me harbaugh makes a lot of sense um you know connor stallion jokes aside your thoughts on harbaugh (laughs) with the chargers Yeah, I wrote about this for USA Today, and I basically said that, you know, a guy like Harbaugh is exactly what the Chargers need. They needed a proven winner. You know, they've gone through the likes of, you know, a Mike McCoy and an Anthony Lynn and now a Brandon Staley where there's a lot of, you know, first-time guys getting their first crack at being head coaches, and it didn't work. And for, you know, a team that has Justin Herbert, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, you know, to just basically waste four years of that, and only get to one playoff appearance and in that playoff game have one of the largest collapses in NFL history, they needed somebody who could come in and, you know, be the CEO coach. And that's exactly what Harbaugh is. And, you know, you look at his previous stops where, you know, he goes to Stanford and, you know, takes over a one-win team, and by the end of his tenure, he's leading that team to the Orange Bowl with Andrew Luck. And then his first three years of the 49ers, it's NFC Championships, Super Bowl, NFC Championships. So, I think having a guy like that, a proven winner, I think that's exactly what the Chargers needed. On the other side, I can't think of a team that did more wasting of a great quarterback play than the Chargers, where Justin Herbert's two games under 500, averaging like 280 yards a game, incredible completion percentage, and a great touchdown-to-INT ratio. I mean, teams kill for quarter good quarterback play. Uh, the Steelers win with bad quarterback play, and the Chargers two games under 500, even with a healthy Herbert. Yeah, and I think that that just goes to show, like, anybody who's, like, on board, like, the wins are a quarterback stat thing, that they're not. Like, (laughs) Herbert's been one of the five best quarterbacks in the league since he came into the league. And just everything around him in terms of how the organization's been run has just been so bad where it hasn't mattered. Um, Which is, you know, why they moved on from Tom Teleska, the GM, which is why they moved on from Anthony Lynn and now Brandon Staley. And... You know, you look at what Harbaugh is going to have to deal with this offseason. It's just, it's going to be a big cat mess. Um, like guys like Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, Khalil Mack, they all have huge cap numbers, as does Keenan Allen. Like, I think at least two of those guys are going to have to be gone because they take up so much money. Um, yeah. And, you know, for the, for the likes of 
Cleo Mack, who's on the older side, Mike Williams, who's consistently injured. I just don't see a world like if I'm if I have to pick two, I think it's going to be those two that are going to be gone. Um, so there's going to this isn't going to be a one year project. And I think that they know that. And I think Harbaugh knows that. But as long as you have the head coach, as long as you have the quarterback, you're always going to have a chance. And they have both of them now. Now it's just a matter of, OK, let's build the right roster around this quarterback and try to make a run at this thing, especially in that division where you've got to deal with Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Um, they, I think that they knew, okay, we need to get the guy, at both head coach and quarterback. We have the quarterback. We had to go get the head coach, and they did. Jared Bailey is joining us from USA Today. Jared, are you ready for the most ridiculous and dumb question you will be asked all weekend with all the radio hits <laughs> you'll probably be doing? Are you ready for it? Uh, I'm, I'm ready. Hit me with your best shot. Okay, um, what is the best career path for Bill Belichick? There's three options. Option number one, the host of Price is Right. Um, option number two, manager in the WWE. Or option number three, on USA Network, he stars as Rex Steele, an ex-cop turned repo man, where his line at the end of every episode is, it's time to pay the bill. Of those three, which one makes the most sense for Bill Belichick? You know, as a uh, as maybe the biggest wrestling fan in NFL media, I might pick WWE manager just because like, I, I personally would mark out for that. I think it would be hysterical. Um seeing bill like i don't even know what wrestler you would pair with bill like it's just got to be someone like completely stoic it would be perfect um the usa network thing that i mean the puns alone make it funny um what was the what was even the oh the price is right host price is right um, yeah um I, I don't watch a ton of game shows so i think personally for me i would scratch that one i think wwe manager is probably the one i'm gonna go with and now I'm going to, like, rack my brain with what wrestler he should manage or what wrestlers he should manage. That That's going to be living in my head all day now. So thank you for that. You're, you're absolutely welcome. I feel like uh, we could do 10 minutes on Bobby the Brain Heenan, but instead we'll take this back to, <laughs> we'll take this back to football. Uh, big deal, little deal, or no deal, Steve Spagnola has, uh, since he's been the coordinator of the Chiefs, he's done a great job, especially this year, but no team has given up more touchdowns, uh, rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks than Kansas City. That interesting stat that I found, big deal, little deal, or no deal at all? I don't think it's uh, that big a deal at all um, because you look at what Fags is probably going to do with his defense against the Ravens, at least if I'm guessing. Um He's going to say, okay, I'm going to put Legereus Sneed on Zay Flowers. I'm going to put Trent McDuffie on, on either Rashad Bateman or Odell Beckham. I'm going to put eight guys in the box. Good luck trying to beat me with your passing game. You're going to have to beat us with the run. But you look at the defenders that they already have against the run game where they're going to send Chris Jones at you. They're going to send George Karloftis at you, Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil. Like they've got guys at every level that can take away the things that you do best. And they've had years in, in the past where – you know, the defense isn't very good throughout the first, you know, half or two-thirds of the regular season. But once they hit, like, December, they really start hitting their stride. Now this defense is, like, it's been a total influx for the Chiefs this year. The offense hasn't been great, but the defense has been one of the top three in the league. So I understand what Baltimore has done this season, like, in terms of advanced analytics and whatnot. They're one of, you know, the best teams that we've seen in a very long time. And they, you know, they ran through the likes of, you know, Seattle and, and Detroit and, and San Francisco and whatnot. But 
I think that there's something to say for a Chiefs team <laughs> that when we keep counting them out, they somehow keep finding their way in the AFC Championship game. And um, I'm excited to see what their defense does against a Baltimore team that you know, has made everybody in the NFC look look pretty weak, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But I don't think that they've faced a defense quite like Kansas City's yet. And uh, I think that this could be you know, the weekend where they're left scratching their heads wondering, okay, what are we going to do to beat this? See, that's fascinating. As the, from the second half of the Ravens-Texans game, I'm like, wait a minute. Baltimore's been the best team all year. This is uh, to me. This isn't even hot takey. I think I think the Ravens win. I think they win by at least a touchdown. Now you're making me nervous, Jared. I was I was feeling really good about myself. I I've been yelling to the, the the heavens. There could be a blowout this weekend, and it doesn't involve San Fran over Detroit. It's the Ravens over Kansas City, and I'll 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 I'll, I'll couch it this way. And and you can you can agree push back uh, I'm for all of it, but for yeah. K- Kansas City to win, Mahomes needs to be a plus, and the receivers need to go another week without dropping a pass. For Baltimore to win, Lamar Jackson needs to be B plus or just not turn the ball over. That's how I view the AFC Championship game. Um, uh, agree or disagree? The thing with, with Kansas City is, you know, their, their offense has obviously been a talking point all year for all the wrong reasons where it's been, oh, my goodness, Kadarius Tony dropped another pass or Marquez Valdez-Scantling dropped another deep ball that could have, you know, put them in scoring position to win the game. And I think the thing that the Chiefs just kind of accepted and figured out is that, okay, we're not going to keep trying to give touches to Tony or MVS or Sky Moore. We're going to hit you with Isaiah Pacheco. Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. Those are the three guys that can beat you. Try and stop us. And since they kind of accepted that, they've been, they haven't lost. They didn't lose to Cincinnati. Um, they ran through Miami and they beat Buffalo and they've been much more disciplined in doing so. They, they haven't had the pre snap penalties and the miscommunications like we saw the first three fourths of the year. They've been really disciplined. They've ran the ball really well. Pacheco ran the ball for 97 yards on 15 carries against Buffalo, who, whose defense was one of the best in the league. So, I think, you know, there's obviously a path where the Ravens win this game. Um, I think that there's also something to say, though, for one, no one on Baltimore outside of Odell Beckham and John Harbaugh have been in the spot before. This is a team that hasn't gone this far um, for a franchise in, in over a decade. Everybody on the roster right now largely hasn't been in the spotlight before. For the Chiefs, I mean, this is just another Sunday for them at this point where it's the sixth consecutive year where they're in this spot. This doesn't feel, at least in my mind, this doesn't feel like a big moment for them because they're so used to being here. For Baltimore, you know, I think that they're saying, okay, if we're not, if we don't get to Kansas City this year, we might not ever get through them because they're only going to get better. So I think that, you know, if anything, the pressure's more on Baltimore than it is Kansas City. Kansas City's been here, done that. They don't have, they have nothing else to prove. Baltimore, on the other hand, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, he's probably going to be a two-time MVP, but can you get past Kansas City? Can you get to the Super Bowl? And I think that the pressure is more so on Baltimore than it is Kansas City. So I think that the experience and the pressure will both play very significant factors on Sunday. 
And that I 100% agree with. I've said for a while now when the playoffs started, there was more pressure on Lamar Jackson than anyone else, even Dak Prescott. Um, We'll go over to the NFC side for a moment uh, with another statistic that I stole from someone. Since week 15, the 49ers, 25th in rushing yards allowed, 28th in yards per carry. How much of a factor do you think the 49ers rush defense will have going up against Gibbs and Montgomery? Yeah, like... Quietly, the 49ers defense, especially ever since uh, Hafunga went down, like it's been not great. Like against Green Bay, they weren't good defensively. Yeah. Um, their their turnovers were more just Jordan Love. Um, well, one, he threw behind his tight end on the first one and then completely went full Brett Favre mode on the final drive. Like that wasn't, that was more about Jordan Love making a mistake rather than the 49ers defense being great. So it's, if I'm Detroit, I mean, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, we're going to pound you with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. And the, the one thing that does worry me about Detroit, though, is how much their offense relies on owning the middle of the field. Um, they did a really good job at it throughout the season. They did a really good job at it last week against Tampa Bay. But, you know, Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw are much different than K.J. Britt. So they're going to really have to, I think, find some success um, on the perimeter in the passing game and in the deep passing game on the outside. And they don't really have a proven guy that can do that. Like, could there be – is there a world where Jamison Williams has a big game receiving? Sure. Is there a world where Josh Reynolds has a few big catches on the outside? Sure. But 90% of their offense in terms of the passing game is Amon Ra and Sam Laporta on inbreakers and dagger concepts and things of that nature. So – they're going to have to really run the ball well to be able to set up that, you know, the, the, the middle of the field passing game because if the 49ers slow down the run and they're in, you know, third and eight where they know, okay, it's going to be Amon Ross and Brown over the middle. They're going to try to hit Sam Laporta on some sort of concept over the middle. We'll take those two away and make them beat us elsewhere. So if the 49ers are able to just kind of sit back and force Detroit's hand, I don't like their odds, and I think it could get out of hand early. But if, you know, you got Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery consistently getting five, six-yard gains and you're forcing more guys into the box, then that'll make uh, Detroit able to do, you know, these play-action things where they can have Sam Laporta kind of um, come off and hedge the blocker and then sneak into the middle. It can set up things where, you know, uh, Almond Ross St. Brown gets behind the defense over the middle and can have big gains. So if they can set up the run, if they can get big gains, I like their odds. But if if the 49ers just sell out to stop the run and succeed at doing so, I think it could get ugly early. Oh, I wish the AFC Championship game was second, but there we are. Hey, Jarrett, really appreciate you doing the show today. Read the man's work at USA Today. Follow him on Twitter at JBaileyNFL. Uh, Jarrett, enjoy your walk. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Enjoy the weekend of football. Always appreciate you coming on. Take care. Thank you so much. That is Jared Bailey from the USA Today.